you know, if it's not about sports, I find it very hard to concentrate. Greetings, fellow sports likers. It's me, John Doyle. And welcome to Season 3 of my podcast, In This Corner with J.D. Sports Writers Talk Sports Writing. The concept is simple. Each episode, I sit down with a sports writer, usually someone who wrote a book or who works full-time in the field, either as a beat reporter or a columnist, and we talk for a little while about the craft, the business, what they're up to, that sort of thing. That's it. And this week, in this corner, my guest is Kari Thompson of Boston.com, which is operated by the Boston Globe. More on Kari in a minute. You can find links to each episode, plus links to the work my guests are doing out there, where to purchase their books or find links to columns and stories, that sort of thing. You need to go no further than my Substack newsletter at johndoyle603.substack.com. It's not so much a newsletter as it is the official web companion to this podcast. Also, we're on Twitter at ITC with JD and at johndoyle603, and I post links to the podcast and other things as well on those Twitter feeds. What I've been trying to do lately on the at ITC with JD Twitter feed is to keep listeners updated on what my former guests are doing. If they write something or say something profound, give it a little retweet, uh, keep up to date with that. So follow us, please. The more, the merrier. So as I said earlier, the first few episodes of this season will feature conversations with people who appear frequently on my Twitter feed that I wanted to get to know better, so I invited them on, which brings us to today's guest, Kari Thompson of Boston.com. You might notice that his name is spelled the same way as my previous guest, although he pronounces his name Kyrie. The fact that they both have the same name and that Kari replaced Kyrie at Boston.com, very confusing. But frankly, I just thought it was neat, and that was the catalyst for having both of them on. But believe me when I say that was not the reason I invited them on, or that was not the main reason that I invited them on. It was just the catalyst, like I said. I wanted to get to know each of them individually, though the fact that they have the same name and now work in the same city is pretty interesting. But I enjoyed my conversations with both of them. So here's me and Kari Thompson of Boston.com. How's the move going? Oh, it's going, man. <laughs> it's going. I mean, I've got all my stuff here, but that was a long drive for sure. Yeah, that's good. Mississippi to Boston, not uh, not only a uh, long distance, but uh, a bit of a culture change. This is my hometown. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. You're from New, you're from New England, right? Yeah. And I'm where were you Boston. born? I if you don't mind in, me uh, Born and raised in, J- in JP. Born in, I guess, technically Brookline at Breath Israel. Yeah. Nice. I think that's Boston. But uh, J- yeah, yeah J- lived in JP all my life. All right. Well, thanks a lot for uh, coming aboard the uh, podcast during your busy schedule uh, with moving and all that. I really don't know you all that well. You know, the catalyst for getting you on was the fact that there are two Carrie Thompsons. And how do you pronounce it? Is it Carrie or Kari? Or I'm Kari and Kari. he's Kyrie. So that oh, makes he's Kyrie. Sure. He's, okay. He's Kyrie, like the basketball player. Oh, interesting. I did not know that. I'd say yeah, so we only actually, read people. Yeah. So it's two different pronunciations. Okay. So that makes it a little bit easier. That's great. Well, that was the catalyst because I just found it so interesting and coincidental. That's all it really is, I guess. It's just a coincidence, right? Yeah, it's yeah. a it's a coincidence for sure. But the fact yeah. that I'm replacing him <laughs> in the exact same job is pretty wild. That is there's wild. Not too many there's not too many Kari Thompsons walking around, especially here in Boston. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so are you going to do the middle initial thing or for your byline or? Yeah, I think yeah. my byline is going to be Kari A. Thompson. Okay, there you go. Kari A. 
All right, Carrier. That aside, I'm definitely very interested in your career and and, and what you got going. And uh, so since since I don't know anything about you, I want you to tell me your life story. Start at the beginning. Don't leave anything out. Born All in right, JP. Well, we already we already we already established that. Or born in Brookline, grew up in Jamaica Plain. Yeah. Uh, so it won't it won't be that long. I'm I'm 27. So <laughs> okay. uh, I graduated from Boston Latin School in 2013. Nice. Um, I got a full ride to Hampton University in Virginia. Great. So I studied journalism there. Got a bunch of, bunch of internships. Took a quick detour after graduation. I tried to uh, go to law school. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I went to Villanova Law for one year. Um, I wanted to be a GM, actually. I was still hitting it. From oh, really? School, but I was trying to hit it from like the contracts, transactional side. Yeah. So, but it didn't work out. My grades are bad. So I dropped out. <laughs> uh, I lost my scholarship there. Oh, geez. Dropped out. And then a couple of months after I got a job reporting on high school sports in Memphis with the nice. commercial deal. So I was there, I was year, I was there the year James Wiseman was there. Okay. Um, so that was my first year. Pretty cool to have covered a top five pick mm-hmm. while he was in high school. After three years at the commercial appeal, I got a promotion to cover Beyond Sanders and mm-hmm. the Jackson State football program down in Jackson, Mississippi. Oh, great. I was there for nine months and yeah. then uh, Boston.com came calling and now I'm back home. Good for you. I shouldn't have laughed when you said you dropped out of law school. I was a little insensitive of me. I apologize for that. But it is <laughs> that's for the way you've ever made. It, okay, so there you go. Yeah, and those things do happen. I mean, that's fine. We've all uh, pursued things that, for whatever reason, uh, did not work out. So, uh, what was it about? Okay, so you wanted to uh, be a sports general manager. Uh, was there any particular sport you were interested in more than any other, or was just general going into sports? It, it was just general going yeah. into sports. Um, I don't think there's any sport that I specialize. I think. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty cool thing about me with my preps background is I got forced to cover it all <laughs> from mm-hmm, football true. to basketball yeah. to track to swimming. Yep. I think that that's one of the cool things about me. Did being a sports agent maybe was one of those things that you thought about maybe doing? I, th- I thought about that too. That'd yeah. Be pretty cool. Man, it was just, it was, it was a big jump. So I, mm-hmm. I tried to go straight from undergrad to law school and I just was not ready at all. Basically yeah. the scenario was like, terrible grades my first semester mm-hmm. and I had like a certain benchmark to like hit to like bring them up to reach my scholarship and like whatever that number was I got like 0.2 or something ridiculous under that oh, geez. and I was like I'm not paying for that full yeah. Out of pocket. yeah so. that's the thing you know finances uh, really do come into that you know where you're going to make a decision on what it is to do it seems to me and, and correct me if I'm wrong that uh, you came into sports writing in a way that a, a lot of us did is that you were sort of bitten by the bug Right. Is, is that safe to say? Right. Boston sports right here. I mean, I oh, grew up absolutely. time for it. So did you grow up, uh, you know, basically a fan of, you know, the, the pro teams here in Boston? Oh, huge fan, man. I mean, like I was born <laughs> in 94. So the, the Brady era yeah. kind of started when I was like six or seven years old. <laughs> that's, so that's, like, just, that's hard to believe. Brady was my first yeah. jersey. You know, like, I mean, we had so many great sports figures here at the time. We had Brady, we had Big Pop, we had Paul Pierce. Like, those are the players I grew up on. Brady made his uh, exhibition game debut as a rookie uh, the weekend of my wedding. And I've been married 22 years now. So I always think about that in in terms of, uh, you know, how long Brady has been playing. It's it's really incredible. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, there's just just something about growing up in in this area. I grew up in New Hampshire. I lived in New Mexico for a little bit. But Boston sports teams have always been uh, sort of in my blood. And then covering preps, uh, you said you went to Memphis. Was that just a job that you just maybe found online or something and applied for? 
Um, so I was basically after I dropped out uh-huh. uh, of law school, I, I went to the NABJ con- convention in Detroit. Oh, nice. I yeah. Put my uh, name in at the Gannett table. And uh, a couple, I wasn't expecting anything of it. A couple weeks yeah. later, I get a call back like, hey, there's a job open in Memphis. I'd been to Memphis once before for like an AAU tournament. But I was like, let's do this sports journalism thing. So I just packed my bags, drove from Boston to Memphis. And I was like, yeah. let's get it. That's great. You know, sometimes I wish I had that freedom to do that. I joke with my wife. I tell her all the time that she's holding me back, but (laughs) it's obviously not true, but it's just sort of a running gag uh, in our family. But, uh, you know, when you're young, you can definitely do stuff like that. Now, AAU, uh, did you, were you an athlete growing up? Yeah, I played, uh, I played football and basketball at BLS, played AAU basketball with all for one here in the area. So yeah. Great. Good for you. I'm a big guy. You can't tell on on camera, but I'm actually like 6'6". Oh, all right. Great. Great. Yeah, that uh, that definitely helps, uh, you know, especially if you want to play football and basketball. So, okay. So what were you covering? Let's start uh, in Memphis. You said you were covering prep sports. Like you said, you know, you just ran the gamut. Was there a certain number of high schools you had to cover or... Yeah, it was yeah. about 60 high schools. Oh, my across goodness. Two, across two states. Oh, that's um, true. Yeah, yeah, like Arkansas, right? Uh, well, Mississippi. Or, um, so okay, it's, a, it's actually a tri-state area, area down there. Okay, um, that's right. You're that's right, because right. West Memphis, Arkansas, yeah. you know how we have East Boston. West Memphis is actually in Arkansas. That's how close Oh, it that's is. right. That's right. Okay. Um, but Mississippi. Wow, three states, county, though. Jeez. Mississippi has a county called uh, DeSoto County. Uh-huh. Which um, actually is where Blaze Jordan, the Red Sox prospect, was from. Oh, no kidding. I covered him while I was down there, too. Oh, that's great. Three states. I mean, I covered prep sports for a small newspaper in uh, New Hampshire. We covered 17 schools in two states, New Hampshire and Maine, because I I could walk to Maine from my house here. I thought that was a lot. So when you have 60 and you weren't the editor, you weren't the assigning editor. But I mean, how did you like, like conquer that? Because I mean, obviously, you can't focus on all 60 every single day. Sure. Um, I think it's finding good features and it's finding mm-hmm. those stories that other people don't really get. And there was just such a great opportunity with Memphis, especially with the basketball scene. Like there are mm-hmm. these figures that you could just follow and you have no idea who they're going to become. It's like when I first got there, there was this eighth grader who I was hearing was pretty good um, at one of the prep schools out in the suburbs. Turned, he's a guard, he's a little kid, but he grows and he becomes more athletic. And it turns out that he's Kennedy Chandler, who just got drafted by the Grizzlies this year. So like, I've covered mm-hmm. a couple of pros in Memphis. Um, I've found some really unique stories, whether it's, you know, the high school coach who puts off surgery to coach his team in the state tournament or the tallest kid in the area just finding those little stories um, is interesting, but it also helps when there's a ton of talent, like yeah, James and Kennedy and Nicobe Dean and Blaze Jordan. Like I mm-hmm. covered all those dudes while uh, while I was in Memphis. That's great. I have uh, one athlete that I covered. Well, actually, we had quite a few actually up here who you know would get drafted into the minors and that sort of thing. But the only one that I covered that went on to major success in pro sports was Rachel Hill. And she uh, plays for the Chicago Red Stars of MLS, nice. not MLS, um, the women's league. I shouldn't be dismissive, but I can't think of the NWSL. Anyway, uh, and that's always fun. Uh, did you follow up? Like, uh, you know, I did a lot of follow-up articles, you know, as she played for the U.S. junior women's team and she played for UConn. And I'm, I'm sure, did you, did you guys, uh, you weren't there that long, but uh, did you follow those guys as they went pro and uh, played in college or what have you? 
Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, I, I look forward to keeping in touch with those guys mm-hmm. and, you know, especially now that blaze is here, I'm definitely going to hit yeah. up. And say, hey, you know, this is the, uh, this is the connection for sure. It's awesome to see all them, all them doing great things. And it, it, sometimes just keeping in touch, not even, you know, doing stories, just keeping in touch yeah. and seeing what they're up to checking in. And then James Wiseman, you said, right. You know, he played for the Warriors, which, uh, probably wasn't so great for uh, fans in Boston, uh, during the NBA finals, but pro sports is a business. You go where you go, I guess. Well, that's great. What, what is the scene like down there? I can only imagine. I mean, a lot is made about like, you know, Texas high school football and that sort of thing, but I can imagine Memphis, uh, for prep sports, um, not only just because of all the great talent that's down there, but just because it's just so much part of the social fabric than it is up here. Right. Exactly. Um, People care a lot more about high school sports Mm -hmm. down there. Um, The games are usually packed and there's just so much talent down there. It's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. I will say Memphis is much more of a basketball town than a football town, or at least when I was there, it was Mm -hmm. as there's just a crazy amount of talent. And also there's just people who give back. So like Allen Iverson Mm -hmm. has his classic um, in Memphis every year. He has basic, he basically assembles all the best players in the country to come converge on Memphis Got to see Paolo Vanchero, got to see Chad Holmgren, um, a bunch of dudes just mm. like basically because AI wanted to have a have an event down there. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, that's and awesome. Of course, everyone came to see James Wiseman, too. So and of course, the Memphis Grizzlies, uh, you know, yeah. arrived there about 20 years ago. And that was, uh, you know, they're kind of a perfect fit for, uh, you know, NBA in that smaller market, the one team, you know, as opposed to Boston, which has four. Did you ever get a chance to cover the Grizzlies at all? Or I did kind of yeah. uh, from cool. an adjacent angle. I mean, I was kind of doing backup stuff and mm-hmm. everything needed me. But also I did a story on Ja Morant's sister. Um, oh, nice. Ja has a sister who's high school age. So I kind of did a story on what it's like being Jaw's sister and starting her own basketball career. In Memphis. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the first time, uh, <laughs> the first time I talked to Jaw, it was on a zoom call mm-hmm. and, uh, Jaw was like, before I even got my question off, he's like, Oh, you got a nice name. Cause he heard my name. Cause his daughter is named as Kari too. It's, oh, nice. Uh, that's great. Yes. It's always kind of amazing. And it's, it's, it's an unfortunate stereotype that, you know, pro athletes are jerks, you know, and you have a pleasant interaction with one. I think it's uh, somewhat surprising when in fact, probably most of them are pretty decent guys. And so it's good that you had that uh, interaction. Um, so then you went from there to Jackson, Mississippi. Yes. And your was the, so that was your main beat was to cover the Jackson state football team. Yes. And Dion Sanders uh, became the coach there, what, three or four years ago? So he was already he was already the coach when you when you got there. Um, And he sort of I don't want to say put that on the map because, you know, those HBCUs down there have a huge following. And obviously Jackson State football existed before Deion Sanders came along. But for such a big name to, uh, you know, really start his coaching career there and then bring in all those recruits. That must have been a whirlwind for you guys uh, to to cover that team. Oh, for sure. With the added prominence, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, he's making history. Like yeah. like you said, he was there before, so I kind of knew what I was getting into. But, um, man, Dion is revolutionizing HBC mm-hmm. sports. The, you're right. There's a rich history. Jackson State alone has produced mm-hmm. four Pro Football Hall of Famers. Walter Payton, Sweetness, that's mm-hmm. his school. Jackie Slater, Lem Barney, Robert Brazil, who I've had the pleasure of speaking with. So, uh, yeah. But Dion being there is sort of bringing some of that back, mm-hmm. you know, because it's not like they've never gotten players. It's just that there was like an intermission between like 
when things got integrated, yeah, you know, a lot of the top prospects started going Ole Miss and Mississippi State. But Dion's starting to bring some of that back, and he's bringing it back to a school that really needs it because the funding is not on the same level as some of their SEC neighbors. Well, yeah, and I love uh, FCS football. Um, you know, I covered uh, the University of New Hampshire up there, which is uh, you know for a while had a had a pretty prominent team. They're, they're still pretty good. You know, nothing and just moves into their league, the CAA. What's that? Hampton just moved into their league. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's Hampton's cool. the newest addition to the CAA. All right. That's great. I still I still love calling it the Yankee Conference, but then, you know, UMass and UConn had to go up to whatever division, the bowl division. It's been a disaster for them. I could talk about that for hours. Um, but I do love how HBCUs are, are part of it. I think UNH went down to Hampton, and uh, unfortunately, they let the band get into their head. Um, and that was one reason that was down for one of the, the tournament games, yeah. uh, maybe five or 10 years ago. So what is that experience has got to be, I mean, like the culture, I've never been to an HBCU uh, football game and I hope to get to one just to take in the atmosphere. Uh, can you describe what that's like for someone who's never experienced it before? Sure. I mean, um, you know, like you said, the bands are awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hampton's a bit, been a little bit down in football since, uh, you know, when I was there, yeah. um, they were really good, like in the early two thousands, but not, not so much this year. Um, but what I took away from the Hampton experience, especially coming here from Boston, mm. is that, uh, you know, it was just completely different being just like a black person just surrounded mm-hmm. by black people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah um, you don't yeah, you don't get that in New England. A lot. I mean, like, yeah. you know, Boston, yeah. the city itself is fairly yeah. diverse, sure. but like especially in the spaces that like my parents yeah. kind of put me in, it's, there, mm-hmm. there wasn't too many of us. It was kind of cool when you like take race out sure. of it. Like, this is you are who you are and what you accomplish. Yeah. And that really helped me get into journalism for sure. That's great. Okay. So what was, I mean, what was like a day to day for you when you were covering Jackson state? Oh man. I mean, it was, it was, I'll give you, it was different because when I first came, Dion was in the hospital. Um, I don't oh, yeah, know that's right. He had an injury or something like that. Right. Well, Dion or- had a couple of toes amputated. Like he like almost right. like, had something very serious. He had yeah. some blood clots in his legs. Oh, that's right. Um, yeah, yeah, I read about that. That caused him to miss a whole month. Mm-hmm. So basically, Dion kind of came back for that postseason run. So, you know, there were press conferences and stuff with the players and the mm-hmm. assistants. And we'd go to that and we would go to games and we'd monitor Dion's social media because he'd still be on it, but um, mm-hmm. for news and he likes to post a lot of news on there. Oh yeah. Just covering that. I mean, just the uncertainty of like, yo, Dion's in the hospital was something very serious. Uh, um, yeah. That was pretty wild. And uh, he was very frail when he came back, honestly. Yeah, like, that's right. That's right. Cause I remember seeing like him on the sideline. 65 pounds or something like yeah. crazy. He came back in a wheelchair, but he came back cause his son was like, dad, I need you. And yeah. Uh, because his son's the quarterback. Yeah. And, uh, came back. Is he uh is he doing better now? I hope so. He's oh, been yeah. in a lot he's, of commercials. He's fine now. He's yeah, up, he's walking about. You know, I've seen him at events much better than he was doing. Yeah. But he is minus two toes, which is yeah. That, that's an adjustment. Did you interact with him personally at all? I'm not trying to uh, you know. Uh, yeah. You know, um, like, <laughs> oh, so yeah, you're a rather famous Ledger. person, but it is, you know, he is one of the more uh, uh distinct personalities, let's just say that in college football. In so all football history, did not, have a, did not have a great relationship yeah. with Dion uh, due to some things before I was there. Um, oh, uh, yeah, there, so there, are, there are a couple. There are a couple of viral interactions. Yeah. 
that kind of made it. Yeah. So I, basically I met Dion once and, yeah. and, and kicked me out of a meeting. That was basically like, <laughs> oh, that was my geez. only one-on-one with him. I see. Um, That's all right. You know, that happens. He is, uh, he, yeah, he is an interesting personality. And as far as covering the team, did you, did you travel with the team or I, yeah, mean, I, I assume you did games, game coverage and game stories and that's sort of yeah. Thing. I went to the road games. I mean, the celebration bowl in Atlanta was pretty cool. I mean, that was really Dion's yes. return to Atlanta where it all began. Mm-hmm. And then they got their butts kicked um, yeah. by South Carolina State. So that 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 was interesting, man. It was an interesting run. They won the first SWAC title since yeah. 2007 for the school. They averaged over 40,000 mm-hmm. people fans a game, which is like insane for an FCS yeah. school. Like you know those FCS crowds. Oh, sure. For an FCS school to average 40k. Yeah like that and have some games that were like closer to 60k like their homecoming like yeah that's crazy a wild run it was a short run uh but it was a good run what are you going to be doing for bdc i'm going to be doing a little bit of everything uh yeah. you know i don't really have a beat carved out per mm-hmm. se i think you know, when the Patriots hit in the fall, it's going to mm-hmm. be all hands on deck. Um, I'm going to be doing some enterprise pieces, using my connections to get some unique stories. Yeah, it'll, it'll be a nice uh, just mix of whatever I can do creatively. That's great. Yeah, BDC is kind of an interesting outlet because, like, you know, they, they're owned by the Globe. But they're independent of the Globe and uh, they sort of uh, do their own thing. But at the same time, I, I'm, I'm sure you'll be, uh, you know, working with the, the Globe writers and that sort of thing. And that that. I mean, that's pretty cool. I mean, that's, you know, the Boston Globe Sports Department is sort of, uh, you know, that's the big leagues, man. So congratulations yeah. on that. Um, what sports are you most interested in? Though? I mean, what I mean, you 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 played basketball and football. Were you ever a baseball yeah. guy or a hockey guy or uh, you know, college Sox sports? Guy. Yeah, I went, to the, I went to the I went to the Red Sox Yankees game on Saturday. Just oh, to you did. Fenway again, just to yeah. feel it, you know, like, yeah, not I didn't even want to write. I was like, let me just kick back yeah. and watch a game like taking the environment because yeah. I hadn't been there in like a decade, but I mean, I love the Red Sox. I love yeah. all, I love all the Boston teams really sure. but the Red Sox team that Oh four team really like captured my imagination, man. Like it's part of the reason why yeah. I'm in the business. I was like, I want to be close to this team for yeah. sure. And you were, uh, you were only 10 at the time. My goodness, man. Trot Nixon actually let me wear his world series ring one time. Oh, nice. Uh, at a, at a camp. He used to do yeah. a camp out, uh, in Western mass. And, yeah. uh, that definitely made me a big Trout Nixon fan for sure. Yeah. Don't, uh, don't take that into the water though. You'll sink. I got a chance <laughs> no. to wear one once. Uh, the guy, no. the trainer for the Sox at the time was from Dover, New Hampshire. So I did a story on him and he let me wear his ring. It's like, geez, that was huge. Not something you wear uh, every day, especially because it's $20,000 too, you know? Yeah. It's crazy. Um, so that's great. So yeah, I mean, are there any similar, I know this is kind of maybe kind of a weird question though, but it's sort of like, you know, Boston is to pro sports, what the South is to, um, you know, in the areas that you, you know, worked in uh, to, like we said, uh, college sports and that sort of thing. And I feel like the most maybe college football atmosphere is at Fenway Park during a game against a serious baseball team like the Yankees or, you know, it can be kind of tame when they play like the Twins or the Royals or something like that. But when the Yankees come to town, of course, all the Yankees fans come up and there's that uh, tension in the air, if yeah. not uh, outright uh, bitterness. But I don't know, did, did, you, did you get, do you feel like that, that I'm on the right track when, in saying that or, you know, that, that 
you know, Fenway uh, Park what, is. Like, or, are you talking? Uh, what's your question? Well, just like, uh, did the, how does it compare to maybe what's the best atmosphere in the game? game? Yeah, not. I'm not. No, no I'm not actually going to compare them. Like, what's better? What's not? Okay. But are there similarities there when uh, you know you talk about uh, just interest in the sports and uh, you know knowledge of the game? And uh, that's what I feel when I go to Fenway. I feel like yeah. this is serious baseball. You know, this is not. Uh, I don't know. It's just sort of like you know. Yeah, we don't have. We're definitely not a college football area. I mean, we have BC, sure, but sure. you know, when they do well, you know, whatever. But they're a private school, so it's not the same. And so this is what it is for us. I, I guess I don't really have a question. Maybe just comment on. Oh, just talk about you know, the uh, well, yeah. Jackson State football was a unique atmosphere last year uh, because you didn't know who's going to show mm-hmm. up. Like you would have like all types of rappers and celebrities out there. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I didn't think crowd. about that. You'd have more people tailgating outside of the stadium, mm-hmm. and you just have this phenomenon of people still coming to see Dion thirty yeah. years later. That's <laughs> like, great. So it was a pretty unique and electric atmosphere, and I think like, you know, I'm not the only mask guy that got exposed to that. Like some yeah. of the bar school guys who are from Massachusetts, oh, um, were down there doing a yeah. documentary, and they got exposed to it too, and they were That's like, nice. "Yo, this is actually like electric." Like it was that it's kind of interesting how many New England people ended up being down there. That's great. Now, have you actually started yet for BDC? Or I have. or you have? Okay, great, great. That's great. When did you? When did you, we're we're talking on August sixteenth? This may not run for a while, but uh, when did you? When was your first day? Not that it matters. First day was, yeah. first day was uh, last Monday. Last Monday. There you go. All right. So you're you're already into it. All right, Kari. It was great talking to you. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Thanks to Kari Thompson. You can find links to his work, his Twitter feed, and his podcast on our Substack page, John Doyle603.substack.com. Hit subscribe. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at ITC with JD. You can follow me personally on Twitter at John Doyle603. Our cover art was designed by Michael Doyle. Find his artwork on Instagram. The link to his Instagram page is on our show notes. That's it. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to tell a friend, and we will talk to you next week.